Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back today with Mary Jo Tate. That's a fun name. It's a fun name to say. Like it just kind of rolls off the tongue, right? It sounds like one of those, like a really famous actress name. Mary Jo Tate. I don't know. It sounds cool. I like it. I think you should keep it. Stick with it. <laughs> well, a friend once told me that it said that I sound like a character in a novel. I'm not too sure about that, but I'll I'll go with it. <laughs> well, see, so you could be a character in a novel first, and then you can be a character in a movie because yeah, you know, yeah, I'll take the book is always better. But always, it's really fun to have a movie sometimes to follow the book, and then yeah. you get mad at the movie because the movie doesn't follow the narrative of the book, and you're like, what are they thinking? That's not how it was written, and. Uh, You know, (laughs) anyhow, um, I I actually, it's so funny. I'm reading Schindler's List right now Uh uh, because I'm just fascinated with that man right now. Well, with the whole Holocaust, but but I've been reading about some of the survivors and it's a whole different topic, but I haven't watched the movie yet. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the movie afterwards, but I'm reading the book. I don't know if I can. I I know. I don't know if I can do it. I'm I'm pretty sensitive when it comes to the things I watch, but... (laughs) Um, but I will finish the book and then I'll decide whether or not I can watch the movie. Anyhow, we are talking with Mary Jo about single parent homeschooling. If you missed part one on Monday, go back and listen to that episode. You're going to be encouraged. And you know, it's, it, it is just, it's a whole group of people who really need encouragement that's the same in many ways, but single parents need different kind of encouragement sometimes as well. And um, so so I love that you're bringing this encouragement to them. You know, you have quite a testimony. And one of the things I love about you, Mary Jo, is that you homeschooled as a single parent for 19 years. All of your sons are now adults and you made it. You made it through the struggles. You made it through the hardships. And by the grace of God, your boys are still breathing. They're still standing. They're well-educated and they are, you know, productive adults in society. And so I love that you're on the other side of it. And you can say to these moms, it's not just, well, I think this is going to work. You can actually say to them, it worked and God was faithful. Yeah. God got yeah. me through the hard times. And so mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that encouragement to us this week. I really do appreciate thank it. And I'm glad to have you back. Thanks. It's good to be back. And I've got to add a very important detail to my bio. Okay. Sure. I am also a grandmother now. I have a beautiful granddaughter, a girl at last, oh. who is about 16 months old. And she has a little sister on the way any day now. And boy, so just as I retired from home, you know, graduated from homeschooling, I entered a new world of being a grandmother. And my grandmother name is Grammar. Oh, because that's Yeah, I've been <laughs> planning on that for years. So just have to add that it doesn't stop when your kids graduate and go off to college and work and get married. 
but uh, you can continue to have an influence on the next generation. So. Oh, that's so fun. And I love that they call you grammar. That is hilarious. <laughs> she can't pronounce it yet, right. but I've had that. That's my official name. We'll see what she ends up really calling yeah. me. <laughs> so fun. I'm sure that with lots of practice, she'll be perfectly fine at calling you grammar. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, I want to kind of go back into the encouragement for, for single um, homeschool mm -hmm. parents. And one of the things I wanted to ask, because we got some questions that came in before we recorded. And one of the things is, what what are some of the things that single parents are likely to neglect? Well, that's a great question, because single parents are so overwhelmingly busy mm -hmm. that uh, it's easy to forget taking care of ourselves. Mm. And yeah. this is not the sort of self-care mumbo jumbo number one first that you hear out in pop psychology in the world today. This is the real need because your family is depending on you. And if you drive yourself into the ground with overwork and neglect, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody. Yeah. Um, it is not selfish to take care of yourself. To help put it into perspective, think about when uh, mom is pregnant. And everybody, oh, you got to eat right. you got to take care of yourself. Here, put your feet up. Let me help you. Because they know that the baby's very life depends uh, to a large extent on the mother's health. Right. But once the baby is born, that connection is not quite so obvious. But it's still the same general principle that children are dependent on their parents. And so even the, this is going to sound like a joke, y'all. Okay. And you think she's got to be kidding. Hear me out. Okay. You have got to make sure that you get some rest. You have got to have some time for renewal, refreshment, maybe even some kind of recreation. That can be really hard to do, but you are going to burn out if yeah. you don't take care of yourself. You need to get enough sleep. Again, that sounds like a joke. Now, here is my philosophy for all moms, not just single moms, but especially single moms. Every mom is entitled to a daily nap from the time she conceives or adopts her first child to the time her last child leaves home. After that, she just shouldn't let anybody know that she naps. Right. <laughs> so, so find a you know, nap when the baby naps is the classic advice. Um, I am not the right person to be talking about exercise, but I do know that um, I like to exercise my mind more than my body, but, but I do know that when I have exercised regularly, whether it's going to the gym or just going for a walk around the neighborhood, even pushing the baby stroller, mm -hmm. if that's what you need to do, uh, it makes you feel better and actually have more energy, eating right, drinking water, all the things that we know to do. But when we're overwhelmed with life, it's so hard to remember them, and yet it's even more important. Mm. And also, it can be easy to neglect our spiritual life. Um, we may even be angry at God uh, for the situation that we're in, um, but we, we need to stay in fellowship with God and with others. We need to um, be uh, in, in worship with like-minded believers, take a Sabbath rest, read our Bible, and pray. Uh, all of these are an important part of taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of our family. A lot of single parents... Um, especially the moms that I know, because I just have talked with moms more than dads, but um, feel like they need like they need permission to take care of themselves. And so um, if you are one of those people 
who feel like you need permission to take care of yourself. I am here to officially <laughs> give you permission to take care of yourself. Think about what the flight attendant says. You've got to put on your own oxygen mask first so that you can take care of other people. And that right. applies to single parenting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this this segues well into my next question, because this is a big question. And this is one that I, I often hear about is how can other people help single parents? And, and I'm going to actually answer part of that. I'm going to let okay, you jump into sure. it. But as I'm hearing you talk about the need for homes, uh, for, for single moms, for any mom, um, but for single moms, especially to, um, take care of themselves, whether it's mm -hmm. by, you know, just having a day away, resting, going and mm -hmm. exercising, whatever that might be, this is where others need to step in and Absolutely. volunteer to help a single mom. That's the church. That's their co-op friends, that is their neighbor, that's their mm -hmm. mom, you know, if, if grandma's around or an aunt right. or a sister right. or somebody. And I think oftentimes, um, you know, it's it's hard for us to ask for help. And mm -hmm. so if we have a friend who we know is in need of help, um, I think it's important for us to be able to reach out and just say, hey, how can that's I help you? And and maybe maybe that's not even the right thing to ask. Maybe we don't say, how can we help you? Maybe we can say instead, hey, can I come over on Saturday and take your kids for five hours so that you can just take a bath and rest or so you can go shopping or so that you can just go walk around the park or whatever that might be. I think we need to be really intentional about reaching out to single parents specifically and offering our help to them. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And that just reminds because many single parents will not ask. Right. They're ashamed. They're afraid. They don't want to be any trouble to anybody. And I can tell you what a sweet lady in my church did. She asked me one day, when do you get your groceries? And I thought, well, that's a weird question. I don't have a particular time. You know, she came to my house for several years, one afternoon a week for two or three hours to play with my kids wow. and take care of them while I could go grocery shopping or just go to the park or the whatever I needed to do. And when she was unable to do it uh, because of an injury, another lady from the church stepped in. And those ladies not only blessed me by giving me that time uh, alone, uh, but they blessed my kids by playing with them as yeah. well. And so that was wonderful. And so I've got a three-part uh, way to help you remember how to help single parents. EMT does not just stand for emergency medical technician. <laughs> it stands for encouragement, material help, and time. Encouragement is so important. You may not have a lot of time or money to share, but you can pray for single parents. You can give them wise counsel. You can praise them. You can send them and their children notes of encouragement. My boys got uh, notes from a man in our church who just who had said, you know, I've noticed how you honor God by how well you behave in church. And I've noticed how helpful you are to your mom. Wow. I think they may still have those notes because wow. they mean a lot. Um, you can uh, call or text just to say how you're doing, you know, and just to encourage single parents not to grow weary in doing good. Uh, material help is a huge need because most single parents are struggling financially. <clears throat> cash gifts, gift cards. You can give anonymously through the church. Um, clothing, not your ratty old clothes, but hand-me-downs are always welcome. My boys wore hand-me-downs for years, yeah. and that was quite a blessing. 
uh, groceries, homeschool curriculum, even something like firewood. I posted on the bulletin board at my church about where I could find firewood. And for the next, I think, eight or nine years, we had firewood delivered to us every year by deacons in the church, Wow! one of whom taught my boys how to use a chainsaw. And my pastor came and taught taught me how to build a fire, which goes to the next thing, time, Uh, home repairs, car maintenance, babysitting, tutoring, mentoring, hospitality is especially important, especially in the early years after a divorce or death in the family. Holidays are really hard. I had people invite me over for a 4th of July cookout, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas Day. It made a huge, huge difference. And it is our obligation to help. James 127 tells us religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so that is super important. I really encourage you, you know, single parents, there's somebody in your neighborhood, there's somebody at your church, there's somebody at your co-op, help them be a, be a channel of God's blessing and faithfulness in their lives. Amen. I love that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Mary Jo Tate. I'm going to keep saying that name because it's fun. Mary Jo Tate. And it's not a tongue twister either. I mean, like you could just say that over and over and not get tongue twisted. (laughs) It's the rhythm. It's the rhythm. (laughs) We're talking about single parent homeschooling. and And I love the last part of what we talked about and just how we... Um, can come alongside single parents and encourage them and and pray for them and offer our help to them, which I know even for, um, you know, someone like myself, like I'm a pretty outgoing person, but that can be a little bit intimidating. But I think sometimes we need to just do it. We just need to do what we know is the right thing to do and just offer that help. And so thank you for being just so um, open about that and what single moms need. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, and, and we're going to talk about some uh, specific homeschooling tips um, as well. Homeschooling is is hard. When life is complicated, it's harder. And sometimes mm-hmm. life gets really complicated. You know, sometimes we get into our groove and our rhythm of just home and everyday life and homeschooling and parenting and all of those things. But sometimes life gets really, really complicated. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that um, after becoming a single parent, it can take a year or so to get into a new kind of normal. And, you know, I think with what all that's happened in the past year and a half, I think we're all trying to even figure out what that even means. Like everything seems seems complicated right now. Um, But how do you set realistic expectations for homeschooling when life is complicated? Well, that's a great question. And as you say, it's it's not just single parents, although particularly we've been talking about single parents, but if you have a home business, maybe uh, you have illness in the family or special needs or disabilities or a multi-generational household, you know, there's all kinds of ways that can, all kinds of things that can make it more challenging mm-hmm. 
although also a great blessing to be homeschooling. And the most important thing I want to say is there is no one right way to homeschool. There, uh, not only are there lots of different methods, but there are lots of different methods that can work for you. Yep. And so don't worry too much about what everyone else is doing or what you used to do or what you'd like to do, but uh, realize that your homeschooling may shift over time. You may homeschool different children differently at different ages or even the same year and uh, life circumstances. So you're going to have to constantly keep reinventing the wheel. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if life is breaking it, you're going to have to fix it. And that means you're going to have to be open to change. One of the most important, well, two most important messages that I give to homeschoolers, single parents, anybody I talk to, the first one is to trust God and rest in his faithfulness. And that's the foundation of absolutely everything else. But in terms of our own mindset, the most important thing I have to say is find peace in the space between the ideal and reality. And man, isn't that a struggle for everybody? Because we have this ideal picture in our mind of what we want our life and our home and our family and our homeschool to look like. And then reality gets in the way. And so it's like you've got the ideal on one hand and the reality on the other. And so how do you find peace in the middle and the space between there? And so for me, an example was I love reading aloud. My ideal homeschool included a couple of hours a day snuggling on the sofa with the kids with a good book with the golden retriever before the fireplace. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of thing. Because you have 70 bookcases. (laughs) Right. Well, um, and at one point I had a golden retriever and a wood stove. So, they, you know. (laughs) But um, but then when I when I became a single mom, it wasn't uh, always possible to do that. So instead of just saying, "Well, oh poor me, I can't read aloud anymore," I found other ways to do it. Maybe we read once or twice a week instead of every day. We listened to audiobooks in the car when we had a long commute. I'd have an older child read aloud to the younger child, and so I found different ways yeah. to accomplish that same goal: finding that peace in the space between the ideal and the reality. Everybody's circumstances are different, so we have to adjust. Even what I'm telling you now, every single person who's listening is going to have a different set of life circumstances to apply these in. Right. Um, Because um, there are things we can't change. I call these the irreducible facts. You can't change a chronic illness, caring for an aging parent, being a single mom. Um, And then there are things that you could change, but you're not willing to. I call these non-negotiables. Those are things like religious commitments. And for many people, the commitment to homeschooling is something we're not willing to change. Mm -hmm. And so you got to change something. So fortunately, there's a third category that I call preferences. These are things that you can change and you're willing to change. You may not necessarily be eager to change, but this is where you can find those compromises. This is where you have to make the decisions that reflect the realities of your life right now. And attitude is such uh, such an important factor here. I love this quote from Martha Washington, Georgia's wife. I'm still determined to be cheerful and happy in whatever situation I may be, for I have also learned from experience that the greater part of our happiness or misery depends upon our dispositions and not upon our circumstances. Wow. And that has been so inspiring and encouraging to me. So let's get practical here. Uh, When you're homeschooling, one of the best ways that you can streamline your uh, time and get the most from it is to teach your children together whenever possible, even Mm -hmm. kids of different ages. Uh, This works great for content subjects like uh, history and literature and science, not so much for skill subjects like math and learning to read. Um, I would keep all of my boys in the same period of history. 
so that the oldest one would be reading an adult level history book. The next one would be reading a you know, middle grade level book, and the younger two might be reading children's books. And I would have the older ones read to the younger. Here's a top secret tip. If you have an older child read a children's book to a younger child, Kids' book is the best introduction to any subject. So it's a double whammy. They're learning something that they might think was too childish to read on their own. Right. But when they're reading it to a sibling, that you know they're willing to look at it. Encourage independent learning. Homeschooling is so much about that family time together that we often have this vision of mom sitting next to the kids at the table all day. But sometimes that's not practical. And sometimes that's not even best. Uh, teaching kids how to be independent learners. Um, lets them pursue their own interests. Now, this is more possible once they become competent readers. If you have somebody who's not reading yet, there's not that much they can do except the audiobooks. But taking responsibility also teaches really important life skills. I know with my boys, three of them uh, went to community college uh, first, and then a couple of them went on to universities. But um, they were shocked by their fellow students who had no idea of how to manage their time of, or of how to complete an assignment or even, ironically, how to behave decently in a classroom. <laughs> and so um, teaching, uh, encouraging kids to be independent learners isn't just a sanity technique for parents. It's actually a good thing for the kids to learn themselves. Yeah. You can also delegate and outsource, and that seems sort of counterintuitive to homeschoolers. But you do not have to do it all yourself. Right. As I mentioned, older kids can read aloud to younger siblings, help them review their math facts. You don't have to be the one to quiz them on multiplication. Big Brother can do that. Um, you can use educational videos and software in moderation. You can use audio to review math facts and history dates. You can use audio books to supplement read aloud time. You can use a co-op. Um, I joined a co-op a couple of years into my single parent homeschooling because I realized that I was just not getting it done on my own and I needed some accountability. Co-ops could be a mixed bag. You lose some autonomy and some authority over exactly how things are going to be done and what you're going to be studying. And yet they can also be a lifesaver because that does help share the load. And you can have the benefit of learning from experts uh, still within a homeschool setting, my primary motivation for the co-op at first was that there was a doctor who was teaching high school biology, and I never had to do dissection. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no frogs for me. You can hire a tutor, or you can even take online classes. And that's one thing that I'm loving about this stage of life. Now that I'm a, a graduated homeschool mom, I'm not finished teaching. And so last year, I started teaching online classes in literature. I have a morning class for uh, grades 9 through 12 altogether and an evening class for adults, which is a lot of fun. But I really focus on involving the students in what we read. Um, I believe that less is more, so we read just five books and a few stories and poems over the year. And then I engage the students. This is much like a homeschool uh, family room as possible, because I don't sit there and lecture to them for an hour and a half. I engage them. I ask them to discuss. I try to provide a safe place for them to practice the reading skills that I'm I'm teaching them, and the results have just been amazing. Yeah. Um, it's real fellowship and community has formed, and so that's a delight. And actually, uh, this week that we're recording, it'll be last week by the time uh, people hear this, but we're just getting started with a new year of British literature. I have a couple spaces left for high schoolers and a couple spaces left for adults, and it's not too late to get started. 
uh, because we do record. We have live Zoom meetings, and then I record for anybody who happens to be absent. So if you're interested in outsourcing literature for your high schooler this year, I would love to have the opportunity to share some of my favorite books with them. You can find out more at MaryJoTate.com. And if you're not ready to uh, commit to a class, but you just want some good tips on how to be a better reader and how to understand great books more, I have a Facebook page called Avid Readers. You can go to avidreaders.net, not com, but .net, avidreaders.net, and find out more there. Awesome. We will put those links in the show notes. And I, I appreciate you. you talking about that. You know, it's interesting because there are so many options that we have as homeschoolers today where parents can find online resources and for any subject. I mean, it could be science, history, math, I mean, anything. And then you've got your literature classes, which I think is fantastic. And what's really cool about it is that I'm assuming since it's online, you have students from all over the nation who come together I, and get to I read together. I had a student from Poland last year oh, wow. in my class, as well as over all the U.S. time zones. That's super cool. That's really neat. So thank you for offering that to um, to parents. I love that. Um, and we will put the links for that in the show notes as well. So yes, if you guys are interested in a lit class for your, for your kids, um, Mary Jo is your gal. She's the one to talk to you for sure. Uh, we are out of time again. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. We're going to actually talk a little bit more about home business and how you can run a home business. That's something that many parents, single and married need to figure out how to do because they need to help support their families financially. And Mary Jo has been really successful at doing that. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Thank you again for joining us. We will put all these links in the show notes for you. Be sure to share this with your friends. And if you have not yet left a review on iTunes, please go and do that. We would really appreciate it if you would do that. Have a great rest of your afternoon and we will see you back here in the morning. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.